Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. There are things that go bump in the night, and we are the ones who bump back. I see dead people. Somewhere in the cosmos, perhaps, intelligent life may be watching these lights of ours, aware of what they mean. Or do our lights wander a lifeless cosmos? I couldn't help at one point in my discussions with General Secretary Gorbachev. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held. If suddenly there was a threat to this world from another planet outside in the universe, well, I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us we can bring about that realization. Hello, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to another episode of Cryptique, where we're all about the paranormal, conspiracy theories, hidden knowledge, and forbidden archaeology. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and tell your friends about the show. You can send us an email at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you want to hear about. Ryan has another podcast called Movie Howl, where he and his friend Joe talk about all things movies. Listen in on an episode to find your next favorite film. My favorite is the Joker episode. I have another podcast too. It's called Exploring Evil, and I cover cases of ritual and occult murders, lesser-known serial killers, and I just did an episode on parents who take revenge on their child's abuser. Talking about the Tic Tac, the Tic Tac UFO event. And I guess there's several, right? It's not just the one in San Diego. I think that's probably the most well-known that just kind of popped up uh here recently yeah and it's the one that gave it that name um yeah the tic tac incident that we're talking about is from november 10th of 2004 experienced Mm -hmm. by a number of members of the military uh and it i've i've heard a lot of different types of ufos you know i've heard of a lot of different um what would you say like structures or types basically like yeah. like we have a, a truck or a sedan it's like they have a tic tac or a triangle yeah they're just different Cigar. body styles for yeah yeah i mean the tic tac could be just what used to be referred to as the cigar shaped ufo mm-hmm. so these are uh accounts from experienced airmen it's not like me going out and taking a picture of something these these were pursued right yeah so um the first report of these came from kevin day who was a radar operator for the navy the u.s navy and it was first reported as the tic tacs that is were first reported as odd slow moving objects flying in groups of five to ten off of San Clemente Island, which is west mm-hmm. of San Diego, as you mentioned. Uh, these were flying at around 28,000 feet and moving at a speed of approximately 138 miles per hour. So they said the clusters, and this is something I've heard from multiple people who saw it, and there are interviews online of some of the pilots who are in these squadrons and saw these things, but they said this, the clusters were too high to be birds 
and too slow to be conventional aircraft mm-hmm. uh, and that they weren't traveling on any normal flight path that they would expect to see some kind of conventional aircraft on. Mm-hmm. And there was no sign of exhaust mm-hmm. or any yeah. type of the structure that would uh, be something that would fly, you know, in, in our knowledge of uh, aircraft. It just right. didn't have the characteristics. Right. So, so the main uh, person that, a lot of this information is coming from and the one who coined the Tic Tac term was uh, Chad Underwood, who was a member of the, of the black aces, mm-hmm. which is a Naval squadron, you know, top gun type. So some of the crew members who were involved in this didn't want their identity known. They didn't want mm-hmm. to be, I guess, potentially ridiculed. I hear that a lot in like, Incidents where a pilot, a commercial pilot, will see something, there's a pretty strong correlation between revealing that you had a UFO experience and being fired. (laughs) So it makes sense. But according to another crew member who had 17 years of experience on similar cruisers, and the cruiser that we're talking about here, I believe, was the Princeton. um, But they have observed that these objects exhibited ballistic missile type characteristics is how they put it. And that they went from about 60,000 feet to 50 feet above the ocean without producing any sonic booms. Um, And the radar operators aboard the Princeton spent around two weeks trying to figure out what they were. Um, And this involved trying to see if there was some kind of problem with the ship's radar as well. They shut everything down, recalibrated it and looked for anything that might be producing false positives or what they refer to as ghost tracks. Right. But for me, some of the most credible stuff, and I think the more probably well-known member of this crew is the commander of the squadron, David Fravor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was featured on Joe Rogan. Well, he gives uh, his account of it. It's something that I had actually seen before we started researching for this, but I, I watched his account of it again, because in an interview with uh, Chad Underwood, You know, they asked him in, uh, I forget which journal it was, but they asked him, you know, what did you think of this interview? How did that go? And he said, everything Dave said was correct. He said it was 100% Mm -hmm. correct. But according to the research that I've done, uh, he was out flying this training mission and came back and told him, um, you know, be on the lookout. He said the Mm -hmm. quote was like, hey, dude, Bolo, you know, be on the lookout for anything that's unusual anything weird because they had seen something out there and that when underwood went out they used the FLIR cameras the forward looking infrared cameras that are mounted to their gun pods and that is the footage that everybody probably can picture in their mind when you're thinking about this tic-tac experience where where it kind of highlights where it is the color spectrum or it's not even really a color spectrum it's black and white but you know the visuals on it shift as the camera locks into what it is Mm-hmm. Well, it's doing things that conventional aircraft are incapable of doing as far as we know. Yeah. And it's it's got to be scary because they were in, uh, I believe they were in the F.A. 18 Super Hornets. Yep. Which is, I guess, the highest technology that uh, the public knows about as far as military <laughs> aircraft and I, and i mean i i mean it it's well known it's i don't think it's a conspiracy theory that they 
hide some of their uh, capabilities for their aircraft. That's been proven out. But Mm -hmm. I also think that if an event like this happened, I I would think that the military would debrief these guys or whatever and and be like, hey, don't don't say anything about that. That's something that we're working on or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't think that they would come out and be like, yeah, no idea. Yeah, which is something that Underwood says in uh, his interview. He does talk mm-hmm. about that, you know, if if they had encountered something that was some kind of government project or some kind of prototype or exercise, they would have debriefed them. He said that the people involved had the right clearances, that if they had seen something, which, you know, can happen sometimes, he said what they do is they bring you into this room. They explain what it was that you saw, like, hey, we're testing out this. Don't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of it. He said, that's sort of the normal thing that they do. If you happen to see, you know, just testing something that you don't recognize because it's something new. Right. Um, but the footage that was released, which comes from Underwood's aircraft, like you said, it was an F-18A Super Hornet, which is a longer range version of kind of okay. the, the typical F-18A. Um, it, there's, that's an oversimplification, but that is one of its characteristics. It's sure used for, you know, this kind of, you know, taking off from a carrier doing these kind of exercises, but uh, his footage appears to depict a 40 foot long white oblong shaped object. You know, like he said, it looks like a Tic Tac. Now he was saying that for a significant amount of the time that they were in contact with it, you know, most of these folks say that they were seeing it through their instrumentation that they were too far mm-hmm. away to see it with their eyes. You know? Right. And, and Several miles. Yeah. Away. Yeah. They were saying it can be like 10, 20 miles away and that the equipment on the plane can see it. Which is insane to me yeah. to think that you're looking at something 20 miles away on your, you know, your screen that's being tracked. That's, that's amazing. To yeah. Me. But anyway, go ahead. But the object was hovering somewhere between 15 and 24,000 feet. Just, mostly uh stationary mm-hmm. and like you said earlier exhibited no notable exhaust coming from mm-hmm. any kind of conventional propulsion sources uh they said even as it darted back and forth there was no noticeable um heat source or anything that you would normally see because you would see intake vents that would heat up you would see the actual exhaust that provides the thrust mm-hmm. even the leading edge on a plane wing will show up a little bit differently normally because it's warmer from cutting through the air from that friction. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing like that, that they saw on this. It was just all, it was, it was showing up. It was warm, but it wasn't, you know, warm in any way that you would expect from a conventional vehicle that had a power source that we understand and was operating in, you know, within our, our knowledge of physics. And, And if I understand correctly, the main way that, a military, you know, fighter jet or whatever would target another craft would usually be by seeking out the hot parts, right? Heat seeking missiles, or is that something that's been kind of done away with and they have newer technology? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, clearly these FLIR cameras work that way. And this was back in the, in the early 2000s, 2004. So yeah, it probably 04. was how they were locking onto it, but yeah, when they asked, you know, what do you think of Dave Raver's experience on the Joe Rogan experience? The quote was, I'm glad Dave went on Joe's show. He nailed every detail at the time of the incident. He was essentially my boss, my commanding officer, and I was just a pilot in his squadron. 
So that is from this article. So if you want to see that, that's something you can seek out. If you just search Dave Fravor and Joe Rogan, I'm sure that'll come up on YouTube. Essentially, yeah, he described seeing this object. He described that footage that was taken, that a number of people had seen it. Uh, In each Super Hornet, there are two people. Mm -hmm. There is the pilot, the primary person who's in the front, and then there is the... I forget what the term is. The weapon system officer, I think. That sounds right. Is the person that sits in the rear. They operate all that equipment. And I believe that was... the gunner. Yeah. And I think that was the (laughs) position that uh, Chad Underwood was in. That he was in the rear of the plane and was looking through this instrumentation and trying to target this this vehicle. But he still was saying, you know, they were asking him... um, you know, just just about some of the things that skeptics might say, you know, are you sure it wasn't birds or some kind of weather event or, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. And what he said was that, you know, a bird or a flock of birds will usually fly pretty close to the ground in in terms of the scale of what a plane will do. Right. So you're saying you're not going to see birds flying at 5000 feet. You're going to see them at 2000 feet or below that. Yes. You know, they, they that makes total to, sense. Yeah. There's no reason for them to be up that high. There's no food up there. There's nothing for them to do up there, you know? Right. And that birds are also not typically alone. Right. So even if that camera was going to zoom in on one thing, you know, there's going to be other birds or whatever around it. And again, you're just not going to see birds. They were saying this was uh, up to 60,000 feet and kind of hanging out around 28,000 or 24,000, whatever, 28,000 feet. Yeah. So you're just not going to see birds up there. Well, and you can watch the video. And if you think that's a bird or a group of birds, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I understand that the instrumentation could have issues mm-hmm. and it may, you know, send back a, a signature that looks a little different than what it really is. But I, I don't think you can watch this video and say, eh, it's probably just birds. Yeah. And it's, pretty well defined right yeah because if you watch the video you can see the water you can see the shape of the waves and all that you know it's not like it's i have a little a little fleer camera that hooks up to my phone that mm-hmm. i use to find a place where the insulation in my wall wasn't very good i could look at it and see like oh there's a big square of cold here you use it to the... see demons too right <laughs> yeah sometimes okay <laughs> but it's it looks awful it looks like just blobs you know, right. it's it's not very detailed. It looks nothing like this, this FLIR pod that they use. Right. Because it's, you can completely understand what you're seeing. You can understand where the water is. You can see this Tic Tac object pretty sharp. And I think the context of having the water in the background behind it adds to that. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's something to behold. And I, I find it interesting that it seems to have just really spread or come out over the past couple years mm-hmm. and if you listen to our blue beam episode then you know that at least in my opinion they're kind of the powers that be are kind of revealing things you know in layers and this is this is a layer mm-hmm. you know they're saying we don't know what it was uh, i believe one of the quotes was we hope it's not a, a craft from one of our enemies yeah, one of the, one of the quotes I kept running across was, you know, I don't know what it is, but I want to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, could you fly it? I don't know. 
I mean, if, if it's making these aerial maneuvers, like they're saying, I mean, I get squished to the bottom of a roller coaster at the bottom of a hill. I couldn't imagine, <laughs> you know, going from 28,000 feet to 500 feet in a matter of a second. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd survive that. Yeah. You'd come out looking like, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase in Spies Like Us when they're on the <laughs> centrifugal thing <laughs> and their faces stay like that. Yeah. Uh, but so, if, yeah. if you could survive it. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, there were a couple of accounts that I found where they, they were, you know, they were talking about that, that the people who had been involved, who'd seen it on the radar, who'd seen it while they were out doing this exercise. And I should clarify that the exercises were going on and then they got the notification to go and check this out. Mm-hmm. You know, stop what you're doing. Go intercept this thing that we just detected on radar. Mm-hmm. It's not like it just showed up in the middle of what they were doing. And the accounts of what it was doing, it's kind of hard to piece together the timeline of it. Yeah. What I saw was that uh, the commander of that squadron was um, reporting seeing a large submerged object, which was causing the ocean to churn. Mm-hmm. And I find that very interesting that that wasn't brought up anywhere else. Well, didn't he also say that the uh, there were several of these Tic Tac craft kind of floating around where that object was in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Not not floating in the water, but floating in the air. Yeah, about 50 feet above where that object was and where the water was churning. Uh, that there were there was at least one, but possibly several of these 40 foot Tic Tac shaped objects that were kind of zipping around that was the Mm -hmm. way it was described and um that he used a spiraling descent kind of maneuver so that he could turn you know look down and actually see what was going on right um this was uh i believe from a a new york times article but that he was saying that the acceleration was like nothing he'd ever seen and that he couldn't even see what was going on with his own eyes so this goes back to a description that i had read uh, in another piece of research that I was doing that this thing would kind of appear one place, zip off someplace else. You know, they would see it on their radar, just go off. Mm-hmm. And then it would just like kind of reappear where it was. Yeah. You know, not like it had just arrived and was trying to slow down, but it was just boom back. Yeah. To me, the movements that are described remind me of what a fly does when it flies around your house. It might zip one way at full speed and it just feels like it just stops in midair and comes right back. You know, we, we just don't have that, that technology. What are we looking for at 40 feet? Like, do you know approximately how long, like the super Hornet is 60 feet, something? I mean, it's, it's bigger than what this Tic Tac craft is, right? 56 feet for an F a 18 Hornet. Okay. Now the super Hornet might be longer, but, Sure. Yeah, an F-16 is 49 feet, F-15 is 64 feet, and an F-22 Raptor is 62 feet. So they're all mm-hmm. around the same length. So this thing's about the size of uh, an aircraft, which lines up with um, another thing that I saw in that Joe Rogan interview with Dave Fravor. They, they said, how can you tell how big it is? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you know from that video? It's hard to see how big something is. And he was saying, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what a plane looks like. You know, we do these exercises. I see a plane in my scope. This is about the size of a plane or a little bit smaller. We definitely have to defer to the experts on this because, you know, your typical pilot is not a Navy F-18A pilot. You know, these are, you know, like you said, top gun, you know, 
top of the class. Yeah, they're these they're are, specialized. Right. These these are not uh, you know guys that fly supplies over and drop them off or something like that. These are the, uh, the like the samurai of the sky. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a C seventeen or some kind of cargo plane. So they're used to seeing other things flying around them. Right. So what what do you think? Do you think that, you know, they say where there's smoke, there's fire is to speculate. Is there a lot of these reports that have not come out? And this is just one that happened to, you know, have some people that didn't want to keep quiet. Or do you think this is just, you know, these few reports that we have are the only times that it's happened? No, I think it's happened a lot. Yeah. I've read and listened to a lot of things that have that have discussed that these happen but don't get reported to the public. Right. Or that, you know, the the military doesn't know what they are and they want to investigate it first because there is the um there are known projects to look for explanations for these unidentified phenomenon. Right. So I would think that there's something going on that they're seeing these things and it's probably a thing where they don't want to report something. Mhm. Without knowing what it is, I, I really feel like this is one of those things where I guess uh, Dave Fravor maybe came out and talked about it. I, I'm not sure exactly how it got out initially. I know the video got out. Yeah, the video was being hosted on some like Swedish website or something. It was it was like nowhere you would expect it to be. Right. You know, it wasn't Black Vault. It wasn't Mysterious Universe. It wasn't anything like that. It was. uh you know, it was like a site for some kind of production company and somehow they wound up with it and they had it out and everybody thought it was fake. Right. And then the, the U.S. government confirmed like, nope, that's one of ours. Yeah. Like, that's real. And the video that has officially been released, one of the things that I heard about that that they addressed in this interview was a lack of crosstalk. You're not hearing the pilots talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And during the interview with Underwood... You know, they asked him that. They said, does this, do you think this hurts the credibility of the video that you're not hearing that? Yeah. And he was saying, I don't know exactly where it came from, basically, but it's one of those things where they're going to choose a version of it that doesn't have what they're talking about because what they're talking about might be classified or might give something away. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Whether that's, yeah, whether that's some kind of equipment capability or a strategic thing or whatever. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense that they would just remove the, audio because it's not really relevant right and we've talked about uh was it project blue book that we talked about with uh kelly hopkinsville where they they came and they eventually labeled the uh people that had the incident or the experience as quacks but uh, as far back as then project blue book has been seeking out ufo reports and apparently they wanted to find ufos or alien spaceships or enemy equipment and reverse engineer it so mm. you know there's probably a secret group in the within the military that is investigating this and then they have the one that they reveal to the public mm -hmm. i think it it might be helpful to give a direct quote of sure. his answer to what he saw when they interviewed Underwood in this article. Um, so the interviewer asked what or uh, yeah, was was that name based on what you saw with your own eyes or from looking at the screen on the camera? And they're referring to the Tic Tac name. So his response was, no, 
I was more concentrated on looking at the Fleer Advanced Targeting Forward-Looking Infrared, which is a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an optical, electric, and thermal imaging system that was developed for U.S. Navy pilots by Raytheon in the late 1990s, mainly for the detection and identification of tactical targets and the delivery of autonomous precision targeting to smart weapons. In the mid-2000s, as well as today, ATFLIR, was capable of detecting and tracking targets within a range of 40 nautical miles. It was inside of 20 miles. You're not going to see it with your own eyes until probably 10 miles, and then you're not going to be able to visually track it until you're probably inside of 5 miles. This is where Dave Fravor said he saw it. So at that point, I didn't see anything with my eyeballs. I was more concerned with tracking it, making sure the videotape was on so I could bring something back to the ship so that the intel folks could dissect whatever it is that it captured. The thing that stood out to me most was how erratic it was behaving. And what I mean by erratic is that its changes in altitude, airspeed, and aspect were just unlike things I've ever encountered before flying against other air targets. It was just behaving in ways that aren't physically normal. That's what caught my eye. Because aircraft, whether they're manned or unmanned, still have to obey the laws of physics. They have to have some source of lift, some source of propulsion. The Tic Tac was not doing that. It was going from like 50 feet to, you know, 100 feet in like seconds, which is not possible. And that's the end of that response. But I thought that was very telling. Mm -hmm. Let's take a second to get a word from our sponsor. back to cryptique you know he gave kind of a technical answer at the beginning as to the capabilities of that equipment and then went into and it acted really strange and i've never seen anything like that mm-hmm. so we kind of got both sides of that like this is the capability of the equipment to see it and then this is you know just how it was behaving versus how something we would normally encounter whether it's our own thing or an enemy aircraft would behave now what if it were a projection? Would that still um, activate the FLIR or would that still be visible to the FLIR or do you know? Well, based on my armchair speculation and what mm-hmm. I know about FLIR cameras, not these military ones, mm-hmm. you know, despite some of my work experience, I don't, I don't know that much about these in particular Mm -hmm. you know the way they work when they're when they're put into a military application like that Mm -hmm. but some of the ones that i've seen you know are unlike the one that's on my phone that is kind of useful for some things and kind of useless at defining what you're actually looking at Mm -hmm. like mine's good at finding drafts right but there are some that have some capability of actually like pulling an image out of it Mm mm-hmm you know, where you can see like, oh, it's not just a warm thing. Like it's a person or it's right. You know, like what we're seeing here, it's a warm object flying above water. Like what is clearly water. Mm-hmm. We can see peaks and troughs and everything. I I don't know if it would be able to see, I guess it would depend on what kind of sensors it was using. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them can use one lens that detects heat and another one that actually detects like an image and then they're overlaid. I don't know how these work. But I wouldn't think that a projection or some kind of mirage effect would have any heat to it. Yeah. You know, when they talk about the idea that it could be some kind of weather phenomenon, he talks about 
you know, that people launch weather balloons and things like that, but a weather balloon just moves up. Right. It just floats up. It doesn't move around. It doesn't act in any kind of erratic way. It's, you know, not probably going to be that big. And yeah, that it's just in all of his years of flying like that, it's never been some kind of weather related thing that caused something like this to show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was something bizarre enough that it was investigated for two weeks by the Navy. And then they started going through and recalibrating all the equipment on the, on the cruiser mm-hmm. to make sure that there wasn't something wrong with it. No, we, we wouldn't s- suspect to see, or we wouldn't expect to see conventional aircraft that can look like that and fly or do any of those maneuvers. So, uh, the fighting one Oh three nicknamed the Jolly Rogers are located at, uh, Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach. They fly the FA-18s, and it says that their home base is no stranger to encounters with unknown objects. So it gives some squadron numbers here, and they were all referenced in an article written by the War Zone as having numerous UAP encounters. However, the reports never mentioned VFA-103. There definitely was some sightings over the Atlantic. Do you do you do you like UFO or UAP better? I like UFO. I understand UAP. <laughs> UAP is meant to. I mean, so one of the reasons that this is a good way to introduce this. One of the reasons that Chad Underwood said he never wanted to do an interview before was he kind of wanted to separate himself from the crazies. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to be, you know like feeding into some UFO craziness that's going on. He's not looking to get on a speaking circuit and go around and talk about UFOs. Right. He's not trying to promote some kind of conspiracy thing. He was Mm -hmm. like, it is a UFO. It is unidentified. It is flying. It is an object. Mm -hmm. He's like, apart from that, I don't know what it is. You know, he doesn't want to speculate what it is. He talks about that. He would like to try to fly it because it's whatever, you know, because of the apparent capabilities it has, but Mm -hmm. So for me to speculate on what it is, I mean, I really don't know. It it really could still be some kind of weird equipment malfunction that happens, you know, once every 10 years or whatever, however rare this kind of event is. But given that it seems to have been picked up by multiple aircrafts and like multiple waves of this training exercise that Dave Fravor seems to have gone out, seen it with his own eyes and with his equipment, come back, mm-hmm. said, you know, you need to keep your eyes out for this thing. And then it was seen again by both the pilot and the weapons officer. It's, you know, it it just seems so much more unlikely that it's not really what it seems to be. Mm -hmm. That it's not really some object that's actually physically there. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of research that says that we've been visited by craft from other places ever since we set off our first nukes that it was kind of like a, a bell to be like, Hey, we've, we figured something out here. Yeah. You know, that it made them start paying attention to us more than they had before. Cause we went from like, I mean, we went from fighting with swords and single shot rifles and things like that to nuclear bombs really, really quickly. As far as the UAP goes, the unidentified aerial phenomena, it just seems to me that that's a better term for 
you know, something like swamp gas or a weird sun reflection or something that's more uh, organic, I guess. Mm. And then the UFO is, well, you know, like Mr. Underwood said, it's unidentified, it's flying and it's an object. So I, I don't think that this is some sort of organic thing. I don't think that it's uh, any kind of birds. I don't think that it's any kind of uh, strange condition on the ocean or anything like that. I think it's an actual ship. Yeah. I think so. it's some kind of craft. And I agree. I, I like I was watching um, Paranormal caught on camera, I think, because mm-hmm. I'll just have the travel channel on sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just I can't get enough Josh Gates. Me neither. He's dreamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. You know, sometimes some of these shows come on and some of them are really good. Like some of the clips they have are really good. Some of them seem to be fake. Yeah. And to me, it looks pretty easy to tell where it's fake. Yeah. But, you know, it's whatever. But there there was one. I didn't pay any attention to it, but I saw it. It was some kind of like weird cloud formation going through the sky. It looked like if you took, you know, a loop of string and just kind of dragged it across the surface of water. That's kind of what it looked like. That would be a good name. That would be good to refer to as a UAP. Yeah. Because it's not like you don't even know that it's an object. It looks like some kind of weird cloud formation, just some weather thing that's happening that you don't know why it's happening. So, yeah, UFO. I think you're right. I think both terms could be used at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. But yeah, I mean, as far as whether this is an alien or not, because I think that's a big question. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? I... There have been sightings of craft for a long time. So why not? I just I just don't know where it's from. You know, there are theories that these are from another dimension that they like pop over here. Maybe it's by accident. Maybe it's on purpose. There are theories that they're, you know, extraterrestrials from another planet within our dimension. There are, you know, something that I'm going to put forward is a time slip because I was just listening to something about time slips the other day where they were, you know, talking about some of these cases of just just the typical time slip story. You know, you're driving along somewhere, you suddenly realize you're almost out of gas, you pull over, the gas at the station is super, super cheap for some reason. Mm -hmm. Everything is outdated. You hand them a credit card and they don't know what to do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And then right. you find out that gas station like burned down 20, 30 years ago or whatever. Right. Uh, or there was one where these, I think it was teachers who were on some kind of trip and they were touring like, you know, the old palace and where Marie Antoinette would have lived. Mm-hmm. And they saw what looked like her in the garden of the private palace, like painting something or whatever. And then they find out there was, there are no reenactors. There's nobody dressed in period clothing, so they don't know what they saw, but it's two people that saw it. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're getting these weird little glimpses. And we've talked, I think, even about the possibility. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show, but the possibility that Bigfoot could be something that we're glimpsing from, you know, another time or something. Yeah, another dimension. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. We're just accidentally seeing something that's maybe it's just one of ours. Maybe this is what we're going to be doing these training exercises with in like a hundred years. Well, let me, and we're accidentally glimpsing them somehow. Let me put this forth. Maybe they want some money. And when you have these 
spacecraft, or at least aircraft, we'll call them, that basically they would be impossible to defeat if, you know, with what technology we think we have, they're so far advanced that we've got to throw all this money out there so we can be protected. Does that make sense? Like, hey, we we need X amount of money from the, uh, what do they call it? The uh, black funds or something like mm, that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we need $10 billion <laughs> to, you know, try and figure out what these things are. And, you know, you can't, you know, if NASA, every time they wanted some money, they're like, we're going to put a satellite up, you know, eventually people are going to say, no, we don't, we don't want you to put more satellites up. And then, so they say, well, we're going to go to Mars and we're going to send a helicopter. And then people are like, oh, okay, we'll give you some money. Huh. But maybe, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like we are so advanced over other countries that maybe they're afraid that some of that budget's going to get pulled back. And then they say, well, if we have a couple of these UAP events, then they're going to see how important it is that we continue with our, you know, advancement in our research. So that could just be throwing like, it out there. Almost like a false flag. Yeah. I mean, very different from what you normally hear that as, but yeah, like this, this could be an enemy. We don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a super simple explanation. I like it. <laughs> Cause I like, I like Occam's razor that the explanation, which requires the, the fewest number of assumptions is usually correct. Yeah. And this is just, do they need a budget? Yes. Do they want more money? I mean, probably. So so if you put out this footage of like, oh my God, there's this thing that's so far beyond us. Can we have some more money to study it? <laughs> to try to build something that can defend against that? That makes a lot of sense. Just look at your local road department. I mean, do you think that they are just so awful that the same road needs to be fixed every three years? No, they just do a crappy job and then in three yeah. years they're needed again. And if, and the problem is with a lot of government budgets, and I doubt that it's like this with the military, but if, if you don't use all your budget that gets taken off for the next year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could have a billion dollar budget and you, you use 700 million. So the next year your budget's 700 million. Yep. Yeah, it's a weird system that encourages wasteful spending. I see mm -hmm. that in the corporate world, too. It's not great. But yeah, that does make sense. But but I hope it's a UFO. I hope it's a UFO, too. I, I really, your explanation makes so much sense, it's kind of disappointing. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I want it to be like aliens just kind of checking us out. Like, hey, what you got going on here? Like, ah, you're nothing to worry about yet. Yeah, well... You know, it's it could be one of the new uh, plug-in hybrid jets. <laughs> what kind of path are we on as a planet? You know, it's it's not going well. Whether whether you're all in on global warming, or you think it's being exaggerated, or you think that you know a giant island in the ocean of just debris, or you don't believe that this planet's not going in a good direction. It's, mm -hmm. it's not getting better. It's getting, you know, more warlike and maybe we need someone to come in 
and tell us, hey, this is how you do it. Or, hey, we're here because we've ruined our planet and we can't find any place to go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So maybe maybe someone to teach us a lesson. Maybe. So I used to watch Top Gear, but I saw this inner like it was like a Q&A session with James May. And he was Who's saying James May. James May is the long haired one. The one that they always called Captain Slow. Oh, on on Top Gear? On Top Gear. Okay. Yeah. And he they 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 were asking him something like, Do you think cars were better in the past or better now? Mm-hmm. I, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. But he was <laughs> saying, like, you know, well now. Like I would prefer newer cars. He's like, newer things are always better. We're always moving forward. He said, People are always saying the world is going to the dogs, but look around, there are no dogs, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And for the last couple of years, it hasn't felt that way. No, it hasn't. Like I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of let that quote go. I don't really think about that anymore. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what people think. There might be people out there who are involved in the military who are listening to this who might have seen something like it, or they might have some idea of what it is based on mm-hmm. based on experience, based on looking at this kind of instrumentation and having these kinds of... Uh, you know, just real world experiences with seeing something unidentified or, you know, glitches and systems like that. <laughs> so my one thing to add would probably be that if this is a thing where the government is starting to slowly release this information and, and let us know that there's something happening, I hope it means that they have a handle on it. I hope it's not some kind of false flag event. You know, like like what we were talking about in Bluebeam. Mm-hmm. I hope that it's you know that that they're going to eventually let us know without making us panic, because that was like the most believable thing for me from the MIB movie. Mm-hmm. What that they were saying, you know, if we if we told people what was really out there, they would panic. And we talked about in Bluebeam that that may be a goal at some point, but yeah. I don't know. How could they have a handle on it if it can do the things that they say it can do? I mean, you know, there's only only so much you can do when you're outclassed. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what the military's real capabilities are. So maybe we have stuff we don't realize we have, but... I'm sure we do. And I, I don't know about too much about drone technology but it seems to me that they would probably be working on all different kinds of drones Mm -hmm. and that would eliminate the uh, problem with the g-forces and stuff like that if you had an unmanned ship like this that could uh you know perform the maneuvers that it's you know said to do so yeah yeah i think a drone is most likely where it's from who knows yeah, that's a good point. But I don't know if the government just came out and said, yeah, aliens are real. It would be years before we'd be able to buy toilet paper <laughs> or bread or milk or whatever it is people always panic by. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, that's that's all I've got. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How would you, what would you do? What would be your first move if they said, guys, aliens are real? The Tic Tac was a UFO. Uh, being manned by aliens, we have no way to stop it. What would be the first thing you would do? I don't know that I would do anything. 
I mean, there's not much to do. Anything I would do would be kind of futile. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, they would be the same thing everybody else would be doing, which is kind of like stressing out about it, but there's nothing you can do. Well, I don't know. I think I'd be loading some magazines, probably. Mm. I don't think I would go out and buy toilet paper, but maybe a bidet. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we know what people are going to do because we had the whole world War of the Worlds thing back in the day. That's true. That they played a you know radio play and people thought it was real and they went out and started shooting at water towers and stuff. Yeah. So I, I do think that people would be preparing themselves for something. My hope is that if there was ever like real disclosure, it would be like, hey, we've actually had an alliance with these guys for you know, 20 years. Something yeah. like that. Like there's a stable relationship where we're helping each other out. Yeah, but man, with our government, and, and I don't just mean Biden or Trump, I mean just in general, I just don't have a lot of faith in their competency. You know, that's a, it's not like, oh, I, you know, price of gas is up. It's life or death for everybody on earth. Do yeah. You trust these people that, we've allegedly elected to be able to handle something like that. I think I trust the career people who would be making a lot of the decisions regarding mm. defense. You know, I mean, what I mean like generals or. Yeah. We're not electing them every couple of years and throwing them out. Like these are people who've been doing stuff a long time and they have a lot of pull. But, but you mean military people, M military and kind of some of the government bureaucracy that they'd be able to pull some things in the right direction, even if the politicians are having trouble. Yeah. So if you had to pick somebody, if they said, take me to your leader, who would you pick to have? What do you, what do you mean? Like if aliens came down and said, take me to your leader, who would you pick? Who would you I, trust to, to nurture that relationship? Josh. Gates. And I don't, Josh Gates. Yeah, Joe Josh Rogan. Gates. <laughs> not, no, not Joe Rogan. Oh, I'd vote for Joe Rogan, too. So, man, I just can't think of anybody in in government that I would trust. Oh, no, not in government. No. What kind of uh, mandates do you see passed if they say, hey, this is, you know, this is really aliens that came down? What do you think the first thing our government would do to us? Lock us down? a good reason to lock us all down wouldn't it? it would be a good reason to lock us down yeah or it'd be a good reason to maybe put restrictions on weapons for a while oh i don't know take the weapons out of the people's hand or you just mean like not selling them i i i don't know i mean constitutionally they wouldn't be allowed to just take them away yeah but there might be some kind of restriction yeah on like buying ammunition or something like that to curb any kind of panicking in the beginning phases. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. Like the first thing I think I would do is just get my family home and kind of take it from there. Like I would, I wouldn't be out Christmas shopping. I don't think so. I mean, for me, the thing is we've been seeing UFOs for 70 years mm -hmm. that are fairly well-known encounters and nothing that terrible has happened yet. So it would just be the government kind of confirming what we already know or suspect. You mean that they're all aliens? <laughs> yeah, they're all reptilians. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, 
That's that's what I would do, and I I, I would really like it to be a UFO, a spacecraft yeah. of some sort. I would love for it to be, you know, something where they're like, ah, just kidding, guys, check this out. We made this uh, thing that looks like a Tic Tac that can do all this crazy stuff. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Be. I like the idea that it's an alien. Like, I like the idea that it's an alien that's not even doing anything nefarious. They're just driving around checking stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just drive up and down a street you haven't been on in a while. See what's new. What new businesses are there? Oh, look, they put a house up over here. That's a coffee shop now. They're just going by Earth. They're like, what in the world is all this? I guess we could ask the listeners. I'll put this in the poll. What do you guys think it is? You can send us an email at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. So that's all I've got. I think we covered all of the angles and possibilities that these things could be. Aliens, military money grab, enemy aircraft, and pretty much ruled out weather phenomena for the most part. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, so subscribe and send us an email telling us what you want to hear about. Don't forget to listen to Movie Howl and Exploring Evil, and have a great night.